What's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am always positive, Chuck Mockler. And we're coming at you on a long weekend. Hopefully you got the day off. If you got to commute in, though, hey, we're here for you. Yeah, we absolutely are. Our episodes come out 7 a.m., Three days a week during the off season, but during that regular season, it's Monday through Friday. That's right. Uh, in case you didn't know, we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the month, we will be ramping back up to five days a week. So hope to have your listen. Kicking things off today, we're talking the freshies. Every single Monday, we talk about guys fresh to the squad. Mm-hmm. With bringing everybody back, we're kind of we're starting to run out of guys. Yeah, there's not a lot to go over, really. Uh, so anyways, today, uh, everything is going to be centered on Eric Bledsoe in that segment. We're going to kind of take a look at uh, some possible pairings that will work well with him, as well as where we think he kind of slots into this lineup. You have kind of a hot take, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just keep going back and forth on what the starters could look like on opening night for the Clippers. So we will talk about that. And then in segment two, we're going to be taking a look at the bench. Uh, we're taking a look specifically at sort of the offense and the, and the scoring out. Mm-hmm. Look, there are some questions about the spacing on the second unit, oh, yeah. uh, which will also tie into kind of where Bledsoe fits into the rotation. And then in shavings, we got a whole bunch of stuff. Bunch We're of recording this stuff. the day of the Clippers barbecue. So yeah. if you're there, hope you're having fun. For sure. Hope you're having a good time. Uh, there's also a question about rookie jersey. So we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Kawhi, obviously a great appearance and a track off Certified Lover Boy. And then also Lou Williams joined the 85 South Comedy Show to chat. He talked about Kawhi and working with him, as well as the infamous Magic City incident. (laughs) So we're going to talk about all that and more in just a moment. But first, got to let you know about rockauto.com. They bring you the show. Not only do they bring you the show, but they have an amazing selection of parts, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. So visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, today we are talking the freshies. Eric Bledsoe, new to the team. Yeah. You know, second stint as a Clipper. Yeah, Um, true. You know, good thing for him. Let's just jump right into it. How can Ty Lue maximize Eric Bledsoe's value? And I think we should actually maybe start with your, your hot take. So... My hot take is that, look, when I gave my projected starters on the Lockdown NBA show, of course, shout out Josh Lloyd, I did not have Eric Bledsoe in there. Right. Uh, I think a lot of us have kind of been assuming that Reggie will be the starting point guard, which I don't think is incorrect. Not at all. I want that to happen. But hear me out. What? Starting backcourt, Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe. Ooh interchangeable as one and two obviously Reggie is the better off ball option but look I mean whether you see Bledsoe as a starter for this team or not I know that his stock is really really low right (laughs) Right. now I know that a lot of people uh you know were down on this trade some of it is due to the sentimentality of Patrick Beverly which is totally legit I I forgive that 100% some of it is also definitely due though to underrating Eric Bledsoe and overvaluing how often Pat Bev was available to. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So regardless of how you see him, the man has in his entire NBA career started 539 of his 702 appearances, okay. which is 77%. Now, granted, some of that was for Phoenix. You can feel however you want to feel about that. <laughs> right, he did not uh, want to be there. But uh, over the last eight seasons, he has started in a 
501 of like a possible 505 games. That's a pretty good percentage. Yeah, it's like 90, it's high 90s. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I guess I want to pose the question Ooh. because I, I haven't seen a lot of people talking about Bledsoe being with the starters. Yeah. I could be mistaken, you know, if I'm if I'm wrong, let me know. But <laughs> what is the view of losing, you know, both Pat and Rondo as well as Lou Williams if Eric Bledsoe does end up being a starting level point on this team and the team has success. I mean, I think it. I would say we knock the trade out of the park at that point. Yes. I think that if. So what's your starting? What's your hypothetical starting lineup with Bledsoe? The whole, the whole thing. So this is what I'm interested in. If he does end up starting. I, this is what I think kind of maximizes everybody's value. You got some combination. I don't know how you want to differentiate between one and two, but you got right. Bledsoe and Reggie in the backcourt. Okay. You move Paul George back to his nat- natural position at the small forward. You got Mook at the four, and either Zoo or Surge at the five. Look, initially, as I keep bringing we up the locked no on, what's going on with the Surge and Zoo thing? Yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> as I as I brought up initially, like I did uh, give my starters on the Locked On NBA podcast, which you should check out if you haven't yet. But I keep going back and forth on these two. I think that Zoo, you know has the most experience with the starting unit makes sense right however i do also see the value of going the vet way and and starting with surge so yeah. i don't know about that but i think a combination of bledsoe and reggie kind of maxim- maximizes both of their skill sets and they can kind of fill some holes for one another i like that a lot because i haven't even really thought about a lineup like this which uh I like. I like. We got a little month, little over a month till the season, so this is an intriguing thing to look at. I like this idea of Bledsoe and Reggie. Bledsoe's great at driving and kicking. That's what you know his game is. Both he and Reggie have that north southness, but Reggie is an elite catch and shoot guy. Yeah, we've seen that happen. And then you have, I mean, if you put Serge out there, everyone can shoot except for Bledsoe. Yeah, and if you put Zoo out there. You have a great you have a great pick and roll option yeah, for for Bledsoe for, or Reggie or yeah. Reggie and PG and there's still enough space that things aren't getting clogged down low. Yeah, uh, you I'm know. not mad at this lineup at all. But I, I'm just thinking like, is this the best marriage of both Reggie and Bledsoe's skills on a roster with no Kawhi? Uh, you know, right. Bledsoe can make up for some of Reggie's like deficiencies on the defensive. Well, end. that's what's nice. E- either of these lineups with the interchangeable Zoo or Surge. Reggie's going to be fine on the defensive end. We have elite guys around him yeah. to defend. Yeah, yeah, to kind of cover up some of those things. And, you know, Bledsoe's passing and IQ do free Reggie up to score. Yeah. But my question is, given what we already know, right? Like, because these are all unquantifiables. This is all hypothetical right <laughs> sure. now. Sure, right, right, right. Is there any reason to go with anyone other than Reggie as the spar- starting point guard? There's not. Like, from what we know from so what far. we know, there just isn't. Like, theoretically, yeah. I, I think in theory, this idea to me, I'm, I'm excited about. Right. But then you have a note in here, too, which is like, and this is kind of what I'm wondering, too. How much is Ty Lue going to tinker? We know that he's going to tinker. We saw last season with the Lou Luke, Reggie minutes, and we saw like 10 games of it. It was all kind of bad. Um, how often is Lou going to do that? Because we're going to, we'll see Bledsoe starting at some point. Like, I don't think that's going to be a surprise at all. With Ty Lue. Yeah. And so I just mean from a tinker perspective. The, like, the tinkering to me, like, 
last year was all about process. And it's not that this year isn't, because I think that developing guys yeah. and, and really clarifying roles it is also a form of process that mm -hmm. needs to happen this season. But I'm just wondering... We got, a, we got the bulk of the process work, since we returned everyone back, out of the way last season. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm just wondering, especially in the opening of the season, how much freedom Ty Lue is going to have to Ooh. tinker... Just given the need to come out of the gate strong, you know, as we keep bringing up on here, about a third of our home games are played in the opening six weeks of this season. Yeah. Not ideal. It's not ideal, <laughs> but I mean, like, you can't afford to go 500 over those home games. Like, yeah, you just can't. Sure. You can't. You have to go 750 at least. Um, I don't know, because I don't know how much we, I mean, we know that the Clippers watch the schedule. We saw what happened against OKC. Like, they try and in their eye, their version of maximizing value from the schedule, maximize that for results. But I think, I don't think there is a lot of room to tinker in the first part of the season. And I think you need to save that for the road. And we're going to see maybe some strategic rest from guys. Definitely. Some healthy DNPs and stuff like Ty Lue cares about the playoffs. Yes. And so do most Clippers fans at this point. Like it's just interesting. We're still getting used to a guy who makes adjustments. Yeah. When something's not working with Ty Lue, I think, it's still hard to be like, we're going to snap out of this because like, he's just going to make adjustments. Sometimes it happens when you're down two games to nothing in the playoffs. Sometimes it happens in the regular season. So I'm just, I think the timing of these adjustments is going to be crucial. I think we'll see some before the all-star break when things kind of slow down a bit for the league. Yeah. I think we'll see some, you know, maybe in the tail end of the season, like if seating is kind of locked up for the most part, we'll probably see some, um, but you have a different path for Bledsoe to how he can make it in the starting lineup as well, correct? Yeah, I have a really weird... I don't know if this is small. I don't know if this is a starting lineup, but this is a really good defensive lineup that I like. Okay. Which is Bledsoe, um, Man, PG, Mook, and Batum. No Reggie with the starters. No, this is no Reggie with the starters. This is a weird one, I will say that. Um, it's not the best spacing with Bledsoe and Man. They kind of do... The same thing. They're both kind of driver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Bledsoe was obviously a better passer and stuff like that. But the defense of this lineup is crazy. It's this is crazy. switchable at almost every single level. Yes. Like it's not the slowest lineup. You got you got man out there who can help with transition. You got Bledsoe who can help with transition. Like this is a defensive lineup that we're, we might we probably won't see it start, but I hope we see it at some point during the regular season just for like that playoff taste for what this defensive death lineup could look like i'm i'm right there with you in terms of like wanting to see this sort of combination of players together yeah who I else you got with Bledsoe? i don't want to see us start small mm -mm. i i just don't i yeah. i don't think it's gonna hold the up. jump balls are so anticlimactic yeah <laughs> uh so just looking at another couple of like ideal court pairings for for Bledsoe. i mean the uh, the obvious options if he does end up you know running things off the bench right. would be luke Kennard and terrence mann for sure. Theoretically, either one of these guys can add some spacing for him. Luke more so than Man. Man's less approved a bit, but yes. I mean, the, yeah, the the percentages there, the attempts, like the yeah, they just gotta go up. Yeah, yeah the volume sure. is not quite there yet, but I'm just I'm gonna throw this out there. Right. If Bledsoe tosses an oop to a cutting man on night one of Clippers basketball, yep, I'm gonna lose my damn mind. You're gonna lose your. I mean, that's fair. Everyone would be hyped as well. Um, any other pair? I'm excited for Bledsoe. This yes. discussion has made me looking forward to seeing him in the starting lineup, potentially slash probably. And if he is paired in the backcourt next to man, 
with Justice Winslow at the three. The shooting suffers, but the, the sh- defense against yeah. a bench unit, you <laughs> yeah. might not score. Well, that's what I was talking about, I think, earlier when we got you know Bledsoe and Winslow. was like, what is the identity of the full bench unit going to look like? Because it could just look like defensively a complete nightmare for the other team, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Like, let's just put out a team who, like, you're going to have to shoot the ball with, like, four seconds left on the shot clock or like stuff like well, that where it's just like frustrating it kind of makes me wonder i mean like the defense in a theoretical backcourt with bledsoe and man is that a defensive like is the defense of that backcourt good enough to play against starting caliber guards in the west defensively i would lean towards possibly yes and with the help around them yeah i don't see why not um we're gonna talk more about the second unit coming up just after we have to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. One of them is Sweat Block. Yes. Which, hey, there's few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, sometimes you just sweat for no reason. It's not a good time. Um, some of you may know someone who has dealt with this, and it can be difficult. We know that this isn't life and death. There's much worse problems in the world. But let's be honest, in the moment, it can feel like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. Heaven forbid. Yeah. I'd never. much rather not worried about it. And that's why people use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed, dream your uh, no excessive sweating dreams. And then the next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guaranteed. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide your sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. That's all cap letters, one word. Or at Amazon and CVS. And now that you're all not going to sweat, what's, what's some fantasy stuff you could do? All right. So you got to check out Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. Let's be honest, you don't stand a chance. (laughs) So now they're introducing Stat Hero, which is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you your lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Mm. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is the DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right, we're talking Clippers bench scoring outlook because um, that it had me thinking. Um, last season, the Clippers had the 16th highest scoring bench, right, right, in, the, right in the middle, um, officially marking the end of one of the more insane uh, bench scoring runs that a team has had. However. Don't you think that there's a direct correlation between oh, the how the Clippers better. did in the Absolutely. playoffs versus... Oh, 100%. Versus okay. what actually... Oh, I'm not saying that at all. Versus, versus but, yeah, relying maybe too much on a bench. Yes. It's it's just funny because that was such a part of the Clippers' identity. Oh, absolutely. The and it Clip- was great. The Clippers have had five of the last eight six-man-of-the-year award winners. Yeah. Jamal twice, Lou twice, Trez once. 
Is there any chance for a Clipper to get some sixth man of the year love this season for nominees? For reference, Jordan Clarkson averaged 18 off the bench last season and won sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year is basically best bench scorer, unless they make some kind of drastic change to it. Who do we? Is there anyone on this Clippers bench who we think? I mean, possibly Bledsoe if that's his role, but I think, I mean, Kennard, does he have a shot in hell? I mean, 18 points. If Luke Kennard averages 18 points next season, I and a very small population of those people uh, in Ohio would be very hyped. Bledsoe, if he sticks to the bench mostly, I think could maybe have a shot. The way that this team can maximize value and stuff like that, I could see Bledsoe getting some maybe early season love for it. Mm-hmm. As a team kind of figures things out, maybe it would taper off. I also don't think there's enough consistency with how Tyloo does lineups to have a six man of the year. Oh, I'm, and I'm not mad at that. I'm with you. Yeah. And like the route to Kennard is still like the thing that we're going to be it's figuring out all season, which is, you know, how clearly can they define his role and how can they get oh, him let's talk about comfortable? That. So let's say Bledsoe and Kennard start or are on the bench. Yeah. Excuse me. Let's say it's Bledsoe and Kennard out there. We have to assume, like, Bledsoe's still the true point in that situation. Does Kennard's role kind of look the same as, like, that stand in the corner and do stuff? Or, like, figuring out him and Bledsoe is going to be a pretty big order for Ty Because they're going to have to share the court at some point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like the spacing around Bledsoe that Luke can provide. Yeah. You know, it's also, you have a little bit of versatility. I mean, he can definitely, you know, create a little bit. He can put the ball on the deck. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely a possibility. He's got a good handle. Yeah, he does. I mean, with the two of them out there together, you're probably going to, you're looking at a role where Luke Kennard is off the ball a lot, yeah. uh, which I don't think is necessarily a negative. I just wonder if that's extracting maximum value. Yeah. And, in a purely off-ball role, I think it is if he's attempting like twelve field goal attempts a game, <laughs> right? Like sure. in like a purely off-ball role, I think it becomes solely about volume at that point. Yeah. It's a numbers we game. We know he can shoot. If he's averaging like six, seven threes a game, yeah, go for it, dude. Yeah, whatever. Then like, I think I think that it's definitely you know that that then becomes more worth it. Um, as to what is going to be the most successful for Luke Kennard. He just has to be consciously thought of in in whatever yeah, that role in whatever that role is because you know he was definitely used as an afterthought last season. I mean he was, and it was fine for last season, right? For you know four mil a year or whatever, yeah. he was an over overly qualified Landry Shamit, and <laughs> uh, you know like and I do think that he can do more than that. However, if you're gonna have Bledsoe sort of running that point off the bench, depending on you know how many minutes we see with like a pure bench backcourt, uh, it does shift Luke off off ball more. Yeah. And like I said, I don't even think that that's a negative uh, if, you know, he can continue to shoot at a high efficiency um, and there is like really defined sets that he, like where, where his role in the offense is understood by everyone on the court. Right. Yeah, that, I think that's a key part. So we got the bench of, there's a couple possibly's in here so possibly terrence Mann on the bench mm-hmm. one of zuer surge yeah probably luke Kennard. definitely luke Kennard. maybe nick batum uh yeah could start we don't know uh bledsoe could start we don't know winslow firmly on the bench and then jay scrub there's some rookies too but these are kind of guys who are going to get run like these are the 12 that we're probably going to see the most of um defense seems like it's a little more bolstered than last season from the bench 
if Bledsoe and Winslow are on the bench, the defense is you have guys who you can put in there to stop some bleeding if the bench is letting points go. Yeah, a hundred percent. Especially like if you ha- can have a pairing of Winslow and Batum on that bench. Yeah. Um, you know that's pretty exciting to me. Defensively, like if you look at Man, Winslow, Batum, Surge, just those, just those four. There's a lot of defensive versatility between those guys. Yeah, and, a lot of rotating and, and three out of four shooters. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're adding Winslow, who's a good defensive player. Like, so I'm really, ex- I'm not worried about the bench defense at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's kind of a great spot to be. Yeah, like, so that's nice. Like, if you can't, points, spo- if you can't spo- like, score points, at least you're not hemorrhaging them. Yeah, like, bleeding points, I don't think will be an issue this season for the Clippers bench. Um, but then that goes into the other side, which is where there is kind of a, some concern, is what is the scoring going to look like when PG's off the floor? This is going to be kind of Tyler's biggest challenge this season. I don't think that's a surprise anybody listening. Um, and we're probably going to have some frustrated situations like the Luke Lou Reggie thing but we, oh that we saw last year yeah. right but we all got to remember that that was around 10 games of tinkering so that seems to be kind of Ty Lue's like window threshold yeah so if you see some weird pairings this season just count the games down from 10 <laughs> hopefully it'll be over what do you think for like versatility because I am kind of worried about the scoring off the bench like I know we're going to see some staggering it's like we're going to see Reggie out there with some bench lineups he's going to have some pop and stuff like that but what are you thinking bench wise uh, I mean, if if Batum and Luke are out there, I mean, I think the scoring is there. It's just optimizing their roles. I guess what I'm kind of curious about, though, is like we saw Paul George staggered with the second unit more than Kawhi last season. Yeah, but with Kawhi out, is Paul George going to be in the role where he's playing the full first? Or are they going to oh. continue to stagger him like they did last year? I think you got to stagger it. I think what we saw with like when Ty Lue would, you know, things would go out of hand and like you'd, he'd bring Paul George in late to try and win the game or something like that. That indicates to me that we're going to see just staggered. Okay. Which I kind of want. Like you play Paul George the full first, things don't go well. Then the second comes around, you're like, oh, shit. I guess we maybe got it. You know what I mean? Like then just things get. It just. Fl- I think you need to be able to flow better with the game when it comes to subs like that. Yeah, definitely. Unless and- we're like rolling. If we're in the middle of like a six game win streak and like PG's been playing the full first just because it happened maybe one game, go for it. But if it's not working, then I don't think there's any reason. But like we've talked about how many minutes Paul George is gonna have to play. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be like. <laughs> Not 40. I mean, pr- it not, might be not 40. quite 40, but close. It'll be like 38.7 yeah. minutes. Um, yeah. It's going to be a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, what are your concerns about the bench? It's kind of, I know that we're still kind of, we don't really know because Tyloo tinkers with stuff like that. Like, I'm just, it's going to be interesting. The, the, the staggering is going to be the biggest issue of this season. And, you know, who knows when Kawhi comes back? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess. It's just sort of the unknown for me right now mm-hmm. that we don't really have any clarity, and we won't, you know, not yeah. even after opening night. It's going to take some time to like fully <laughs> define what, yeah. what this lineup is. But that's the thing that kind of has me wondering. Like last season, you know, off the bench, we knew that we had Lou Williams. We knew what he could, you know, we know what he could do. We've, we've been knowing what he yeah. could do. Uh, and then now we have Jay Scrub. Yeah, no, yeah, just go. Uh, and then you know you also had Morris out there, uh, so that's you know that's a lot of scoring for a bench, and 
you know, I mean, the defense is going to suffer, of course. Uh, and it was, you know, terrible when they try to do, you know, Luke, uh, Lou and Reggie. So yeah. I, I, I guess I just feel like my biggest concern is that there's so many unknowns about what this bench unit is going to look like. We don't have a lot of ground to figure it out. We don't have a lot of ground to figure it out. And we just also don't have the luxury of having two superstars where you yeah. can stagger one of them with the bench some to stabilize. You got 48 things. minutes of superstars, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what Tyloo does. I think we're going to see maybe a lot of switching things out if things are going well in the beginning part of the season. Who knows? Um, coming up, we're going to be talking about the Clippers barbecue, uh, some Jersey stuff, but first got to give a shout out to rock auto. We talked about them up top, but rock auto is fantastic with the ever increasing number of makes and models of cars. It's now impossible for you, uh, to go to your local chain auto parts store and find the stock of all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counter person, uh, orders the parts behind their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time when you go to Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for your parts from a chain store or car dealership? It's crazy. Rock Auto is a family business. Their prices are reliably low for every customer from uh, DIYers to professionals. It doesn't matter. Uh, go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on and their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, so we're back with shavings, which is where we wrap up everything else floating around the Clipper sphere. Oh, yeah. Kicking things off. Uh, Clipper barbecue is happening the day we're recording oh, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Hope everyone's having a good time out there. Yeah, we couldn't make it out there, but hope hope everybody is is having you know just the best of times. Yeah. You, you deserve it after a season like this. Absolutely. Uh, nice to see the Clippers fans coming together. Always a good time. We got to get some watch parties going next year, um, assuming things are going to be a little more opened up, as they should be. Um, but it'll be safe. We'll get some stuff figured out. Yes. 100%. Definitely. Um, Christian Gordon had a question about getting rookie jerseys, which I think is a good question. Teams make it kind of hard to get rookie jerseys for some reason. Um, he's wondering if they'll release each jersey, if he just kind of has to customize it. I think he just got to customize it. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Um, or jump on the release as soon as you can see it. Th this, uh, this is a hard pivot, but I was on the Clippers store site today. The first jersey listed on the jersey section is Chuck the Condors. Oh, huh. Why? Yeah, no idea. Is that how many of those you think they sell? Well, and how many people are like, the fuck? And then you scroll down, the second listed is Jay Scrub, which isn't bad, but who are people buying jerseys? At? Like, why yeah. is, would you buy a mascot jersey? No, never, never. I, I mean, actually, <laughs> maybe, no, if, maybe uh, if they go back to the old sailor as the mascot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd buy I'm that. 100%. I'd, I'd buy that. I, I, like, don't vibe with Chuck the Condor that much. It's weird. Um, yeah, I'm not that big of a fan. Looks so. more like a turkey buzzard. Yeah, I, I'm not that big of a fan. So I, uh, I, no, I would not buy a jersey of this mascot. I of, can't either. Of because... any mascot? I don't know. Maybe. I can't either because my name is Charles and people uh, call me Chuck. And it, I, it just, people are like, oh, cool. And if not, you, if you don't know me, if you know me, you're like, you got a jersey with your first name on the back. And if you don't know me, you think you got the mascot's jersey. Yeah, or if you're not that familiar with the Clippers, you're like, this guy calls himself the Condor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, what is this guy's deal? Um, by now, everyone has seen Kawhi in the Way Too Sexy video, which is great. Do you think his movement looked good enough? Like, when do you think he's coming back? Has anyone done a deep dive on this? 
I have not seen anybody do a deep dive, but uh, this is definitely worthy of of a deep dive analyzation. Oh yeah, and uh, speaking of Kawhi Leonard, what Lou Williams was talking about Kawhi Leonard recently and had some fun things to say. Yeah, so he joined the eighty five South Comedy Show to have a little chat, uh, and he was asked about Kawhi Leonard, and he said, "End quote." Kawhi is there an hour and a half before practice. He's there an hour and a half after practice. But that's just his speed, though. He needs half the day to get his shit together. (laughs) Which, that sounds exactly like what you think Kawhi would sound like. If we know anything about Kawhi, um, you know, for better or worse, he does not rush things. And I think that it, it carries through all sort of factions of his life, the way he approaches, you know, training and practice, as well as, like, it's very apparent that that's what he's doing on the court. The game is unfolding. It's Kawhi speed. The the game is unfolding at Kawhi speed uh, anytime he is on the floor, and I think that that is one of his greatest assets. So keep doing you, buddy. Keep doing you, uh, Kawhi. Yeah, I love the idea because Kawhi seems like if you like had to be somewhere at twelve thirty and it took you fifteen minutes to get there, it'd be like twelve twenty. And Kawhi would be like, yeah, I think we're good to go now. It's like, Kawhi, we've been ready for five minutes. And he's like, I'm going at my own pace. And he's like, fine. <laughs> um, he also, Lou Will also talked about the Magic City incident. Yeah, he did. Uh, so he said, we were going to grab something to eat, then head back to the bubble. But then Jack Harlow walks in and he said, this is where shit goes kind of left. <laughs> and boy, did it go left. <laughs> uh, I don't think Clippers fans ever want to remember the bubble. I'm just kind of pretending that period of my life never happened. Yeah, I mean, look, I I know that Clippers fans felt strongly about this, and you know, to some degree, rightfully so. I think the important thing to remember is that these guys ultimately, at the end of the the day, owe us absolutely nothing. Yep. Uh, and I think that Lou Will is among the players, and I I hope that he ends up talking about it more. But I think that he was among the players that the bubble was really really hard on. Uh, yes. And I think that you know we tend to gloss over that, especially as Clippers fans, because it's not a great outcome for us. <laughs> But, like, I, I can't really imagine, like, the mental and emotional sort of pressure that would be on you in, in a situation like that. Yeah, it'd be... If you had to work with your colleagues for, what, 60 days or whatever, and you were all locked in Disney World? Yeah, and tragedies are happening. And, and like you shit can't have friends or family visit? <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I'm not into that. Um, finally, we got to give a shout out to our alma mater. Yes. The University of Montana Grizzlies. Uh, they took down, at the time, ranked number 20, the University of Washington Huskies. Ooh. Feels good. Feels good, baby. Uh, shout out to the whole FCS. We did it. We're here. Yeah. We're here to we're here to ruin things for everybody <laughs> Sorry else. to Clippers fans who have no interest in this news. Oh, well, hey, this is our team. This is the only the second time an FCS team has beat a ranked FBS team. First time in 100 years the Grizzlies beat the University of Washington Huskies. And you know what? I hope they don't lose to Northern Illinois next week. Yeah. Let's just hope so. But shout out to the Grizzlies. Uh, shout out to Missoula as well. Really kind of a almost scary thing happened in Missoula, but uh, thankfully it didn't. So yeah. Let, we're Hopefully. getting way off track. Hey, we just bring it back to the, to the Clippers Hometown. and let's get the hell out of here. Um, Wednesday's episode, we're going to bring it out to you Wednesday. We're going to do a What Do You Want to Know Wednesday, which is just Twitter Tuesday, but a day later. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, maybe a third center watch. Who knows? Didn't touch on it this weekend because we wanted to have some fun and put some bad vibes Not worry. Not worry. Uh, and then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, where can these fantastic people tell their friends to listen to our podcast? You can check us out on iTunes with the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. If you feel so inclined to leave us a rating or review five stars over at uh, iTunes or on the podcast app, it really helps us out. 
Uh, we are coming at you still three days a week during the off season. We will be ramping back up to five days a week at the end of the month. Oh, yeah. And we hope to have your listen. We absolutely do. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.